what about the money? So there's a ton of ton of money being given out. And if they don't do this three male, three female format on these teams, yeah. which who knows if they will or they won't, I don't know anything. If they don't do that, is Greg Dow going to be coaching in Iowa at a lifetime for 200? No, he's going he's gonna to be at a, he's going to be in Butte, Montana at a local park. <laughs> Just growing the game grassroots organically because yeah, he doesn't, he's not on a team. Okay. We got Ralph Dunnery on the podcast. <laughs> uh, he was a little maybe offended because I had Adam Stone, his podcast partner, on 10 times before I had Rob on one. <laughs> Rob didn't actually say that, but. Uh, you, well, to be fair, you did ask me very early on when I think I was down in South Florida and we ended up just not doing it as as it happened. So, well, it's funny because I've tried to I've had Stone on about 10 times and I think we've scheduled 50 podcasts. <laughs> exactly. Doesn't happen with Stone. I've got a text here. I think I'm supposed to have Stone on yesterday and it was uh, a couple of expletives. Then my dad, my sister, and I started drinking wine early yesterday. Um, just totally left me out in the cold. We had a six thirty pod. It just didn't didn't even you know, two two texts. It's tough. Well, it, it makes me happy that he's at least not going on other people's podcasts while also not doing our podcast. So hey, like for me, that's a silver lining. No, there's consistency. There's consistency. <laughs> so let's talk about destination pickle because oh okay. Yeah, I was told to talk about this. Celtic said, you're going to have Rob on. <laughs> you got to. <laughs> they said, well, you're asking about Destination Pickle. I watched. Well, to be fair, I, I, didn't, I didn't expect you to bring that up out of the blue, just to be clear. I didn't either. I got a text from, from Colin Selkirk here. Make sure to ask Rob about his show, Destination Pickle, we have on STV that he hosts. I actually watched it. I watched your, uh, the, the Nashville one, because, I mean, Nashville is a place that's near and dear to my heart, obviously. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, lacking on the pickle, but uh, it's on the come up. There's uh, there's there's things happening. So, but yeah, definitely lacking on the facilities. But dude, Destination Pickle, it's, yeah, I guess for people that don't know, go watch. But it's like, uh, uh, typically we go to like a pickleball venue, like a chicken and pickle type place that has food, beverage, pickleball. We talk to the owners, learn about the, learn about the place, learn about the story behind it. Uh, for Nashville, for example, who's lacking in facilities, we basically just did a full on Nashville edition and just talked to the different kind of prominent people in the pickleball community in Nashville and talked about their struggle in terms of getting more courts and more facilities. And uh, yeah, I think, I mean, I, hopefully I think, I think it's cool. I think we can potentially use destination pickle as kind of a little platform to to kind of stimulate growth in some local communities, for example. So like if they took that episode to, you know, a local government or a local county parks and rec, whatever, whoever would build these courts, then it can be used kind of as a as a tool to show um, that it's needed. It is needed because I mean, you know me, I'm as obsessed with pickleball as anybody. And when I was I was at Nashville, I was at Vandy like a year ago. And um I was playing PPA tournaments and I was coming back to Nashville, coming back to school and maybe getting to play at like Centennial Park where the, I don't know if they've changed the courts, but at the time there was like, you know, there was cracks on every court. It was me and a four or five hitting dinks. And that's yeah. all. So I think it's a, 
it's definitely a pretty big deal also because if you look at those types of venues like a chicken and pickle or a pickle and social the first place i think of as a place where that place that type of venue would succeed is nashville like 100 parties you know pickleball is an awesome drinking game i yeah think it's you can't drink and play tennis you can't drink and play 90 percent of sports and people are like oh well pickleball is really easy and that's like some sort of bad thing well no it actually makes it the best drinking game of all sports so i think 100 huge in nashville and there's nothing yeah i think i i agree i think it would crush um yeah it, it's kind of similar in concept to like a top golf and like you said like nashville's the ultimate like bachelor bachelorette type place where they would kill on like group like group events and stuff like that so i think the challenge is the cost of the land and how um you know and trying to make that work you know with the numbers and economically but come on there's lots of rich people in nashville that want to lose money a lot of people are losing money in pickleball what's one more venture cares <laughs> yeah <laughs> everybody's throwing money at stuff why not yeah no nashville's awesome and i think Nashville's so awesome that it ruined my tennis career because it was just i got there as a freshman and i was like a little this too too much fun yeah and this went from my second priority to my fourth uh yeah. hey, so it happened to the best of us james yeah it was uh I'm but glad. now look at you. You're a thriving, you have a thriving pro pickleball career. Who would have thought? I got a podcast. There's probably 20 people watching this. Like, <laughs> so I should talk about this. This is my third note. I've got five notes. Yeah. Uh, number three is I feel like I don't know anything about MLP next year. And I feel like I should. Um, yeah. I feel like you might know more. I tuned in. It feels right. It sounded like you kind of knew stuff. I signed with MLP and I have no idea. Um, I know that there's going to be a premiere and a there's no premiere and challenger. It's just, that's it. Uh, have you heard any new stuff? I've heard that that actually might be um, not so true anymore, which my argument, I, I, I don't think there should be a premiere challenger. I think, I think the challenger product is speaking from somebody that's playing a challenger this season. I think the challenger product's not good. And why would we want to have a not good product? Um, nobody, nobody's going to tune into it. Nobody tunes into it now. I mean, we're going to be playing. I think we have a semifinal in San Clemente at 8 a.m. on a Monday morning. Good luck, right? Like who's <laughs> like you'll get the diehards, but it's not going to be a good product to attract new players and or new uh, new fans or anything like that. So uh, the argument for it is that they can auction it off. Uh, I can auction off premier spots as like a fundraising for the league, right? To, to bring in more money from existing owners that want to be in premier, which, you know, I was like, well, why don't you just auction off draft spots? And they're like, yeah, I'll probably do that too. So look, they're looking at it as like a way to raise more money. Um, I still just don't think it's, it's, necessary or a good product i i think we have enough depth now to where that if you have one in 48 like i actually think that's even more that like that would be more unique and more fun for me to watch it's just like a fan that wants to watch it um versus seeing kind of the same old matchups and the same you know so i, I kind of like the idea of having just a, you know a standard league we don't like it's major league pickleball challenger to me feels like minor league pickleball like let's let's not do that let's just have a major league have however i don't care how you do it make it like a pro make it like the nba i don't i don't care um but yeah 
make, I mean, teams are going to be pretty, pretty even across the board per MLP. Like it always is, even if you do a snake draft, even if you do free agency, whatever. Um, I just like that better. I think it's, you know, and if you're doing the auction off thing about, um, if you're doing the auction off thing where like owners that like will pay more to be in premier, you're going to have all of the donors as challenger owners, which is not great for the players either. Right. Like, I don't know. So, yeah. So I think in terms of that, they're, they're still looking at potentially doing premier challenger. I hope they don't. Um, but we'll see other than that, dude, like, I don't know a ton. I, I just know it's almost December and we don't know anything about what team we're going to be on, what our schedule is that we have to play. I have an MLP contract. If they merge, which I don't think they have yet. Do I have to play PPAs? Um, you know, I, there's just so much uncertainty this late in the game, which is, it's, I understand they're having to work it all out and get the business deal done, but it leaves all of the players. Like I, I don't know my schedule for January at this point. Yeah. So it just makes it very difficult. I, it's hard to line up. It's hard to figure out like what tournaments I'm going to play for partners as well. So it's, it's, it's tough. Yeah. Well, I think on your first point, it's, I think the challenger players, if you want to make that product better, they need to be properly incentivized. And right now they're really not. I think if you're yeah. the, you're the 40th best player in pickleball your upside is maybe you win challenger and you make a few grand you know at the maybe there's a chance you win the super final of challenger and you make eight grand i don't think you're really incentivizing those players to go full-time or like something close to full-time and then they actually get better so sorry one sec just <laughs> not bad they'll just they'll, they'll just like switch the thing and then it'll be good okay so yeah i think players need to be incentivized to get better um because we've seen like players can get better really quickly and if you are somebody who is you know your upside is maybe you make a few grand at a tournament why would you go full-time like you're better off coaching in a lot of ways so yeah the first thing that comes to my mind when I see challenger players is there's no way that most of these players are full time. If they yeah. are, that's almost even, you know, it's a worse look. If they actually yeah. So to get them to go full time, they need to be incentivized with, okay, we're not just challenger players. We're in premier. We're the worst players in premier. Yes, but we have the opportunity to get better and then win. And improve yourself too. For sure. And if you get like, you know, if you're, so that's the best way to get those players to play better. And I think there's obviously, there's the factor that it's a better product, maybe. I think I think the most fun product when I think about it, and this is just my personal opinion, is yeah. there are three men and three women per team because then you could have subs. And I actually yeah. a lot. So that could- I like that too. Yeah, maybe there's trash talk, right? Like, you know, one player's playing bad. Oh, sub them out. Get like, literally you can have another player come in at at the uh, whatever the side switch yeah you could have fun team construction so maybe it's me and colin johns colin only plays men's and then we have kwang duong and he'll be coming in singles yep whatever it is or even mixed i mean he's yeah or even mixed yeah better at, colin, better at mixed than colin so <laughs> <laughs> so you know i think i think that's a fun way to do things and um i think that 
having 24 players of each gender in Premier is also, it's not a lot of players that are actually, you know, they have that upside to make a lot of money. It's tough, uh, especially yeah. for the women. It's actually not easy either. And yeah. last thing that I like the most about that idea of having no Premier, no Challenger is I think my game's actually built for that because I would love to play against the 48th best female in mixed. I don't know about you. Dude, can I, can I, can I just stop you real quick? Yeah. I told somebody this, I think I told Greg, I think I told Dow this, I was like, my favorite result. And I saw some of, it. I didn't see much of the match. I saw some, I saw enough to like get a good chuckle out of was you playing at beer city with your sister. And I think you play, you beat Brendan and Bobby. Is that right? You beat, or who'd you beat? Lacey Schneeman. Brendan Long and Lacey Schneeman. I, I could I just couldn't believe it. I just thought it was the that was my favorite result of the year. I was like, this is incredible. Just watching James play truly singles with a backup. But I mean, truly. Like it was like your game is built for that. And that's I mean, that's a ton of fun to watch too. It was a ton of fun to play. And I think I liked it too because I knew I was way less tight than Brendan was. I mean, Brendan, yeah. Brendan's got totally, yeah. to win that match. Brendan Lacey's a premier player. And yeah. Brendan's a you know, borderline. I mean, he's a good challenger player. He's one of the better challenger players. So now I felt great about that. I think I told everybody I could that day. I just told him, Hey guys, just want to let you know, I beat Brandon and Lacey Schneeman um, with Ava. Ava played great, but uh, yeah. you know, I think uh, that was, fun. I mean, she, she served and she made a return. Yes. Served. She made returns. She made a dink or two here and there. I actually let her take a lot of hurts. So I would just go up. Yeah. Just, just be a monster. Yeah. Somebody out. <laughs> So one thing that I like too is that I think they're going to do 16 events at PPAs next year that count. So it's like, just like at 10 tennis, right? Like they'll have 25 or whatever it is, but your best 16 count for your ranking. Sure. Sure. And, um, I think that's a good development. I don't know what you think about that, but. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, do they not do that this year? Because I know APP, for example, they take your best, they take your best 10 results and put those towards your ranking. Uh, from what I knew, they just took every every result. Just at it, I think it's so silly because it 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 it's going to kill players because it incentivizes them to play everything and not actually rest and pick the ones that are most valuable to them or make the most sense for them to play. So I think yeah, that's for sure a good development because if you can like it, it shouldn't incentivize like it shouldn't reward the people that just want to play every event and every tournament just to accumulate more points right it should be based on your best however many 10 12 16 whatever whatever it may be uh so i think yeah i think that's 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 a great move yeah i think so too because you also don't want to be you know like it'll make the rankings more accurate because yeah and there's some players that don't play all the events like Catherine took a big chunk of those events off annalee and ben yep. obviously number one no matter what but um, yeah you shouldn't you know i think that's the best way to have them be accurate so you're looking for a yep. left side king. That's what you told me in your text. What's up? Uh, with no, I, th I think my game, I think my game is suited for the right. Like, um, like I'm going to, if depending on what happens next year, like Andre and I are both kind of waiting to see what happens in terms of what we need to play. Obviously we played all the APPs this year. Uh, we're playing this weekend in Chicago. Um, and I think we, we, yeah, we have a really good rhythm with each other. Um, uh, and if, if we're allowed to play APPs next year, which who knows with, I, one other thing I heard with, 
um, kind of the negotiations right now is like, I think they're probably going to be looking to renegotiate with some players in terms of playing, being required to play less. Maybe it's less days committed, whatever it may be, less events for taking less money as a way for them to kind of recoup some costs. So depending on how all that shakes out, you know, who knows, maybe I can, maybe I can get away with playing just MLP, no PPAs required, and then I can play APPs. If that's the case, Andre and I will play all the APPs together. Um, what we don't know is if we need to play any PPAs, and I think we're kind of trying to determine, you know, if so, how many, if so, what, and then, you know, figure out partnerships based on that. But yeah, so obviously, ideally, I'd like to play with Andre. Um, I don't know if we're going to play all the same tournaments per se for like, if I, if I would choose to play some PPAs or if he does. Um, so yeah, dude, I think I'm just suited and men's to be a, to be a right side guy. I feel like, uh, it's my strong suit. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I watched you guys, one of the best matches I, I had actually seen this year. I know this might be a sensitive topic because you didn't win, but that was such a sick match when, um, and for those who don't know, because you probably didn't even see this, it was at Lone Palm, Rob and Andre versus J-Dub and Dylan. Um, they had a few game points in the third game and it was about as tightly contested as possible. Andre missed a couple of dinks, I think at 10, 10 or 10, nine, it was, it was just tight all around. But before that, I missed match, a serve at like 11 all it was, yeah. And it's tough. It was, it was, it was a good match though. It was fun. Yeah, and going into that match, like when I started watching, to be honest, I thought J-Dub and Dylan win like eight and eight. Like I thought you guys were a yeah. great team and obviously you guys kill it at the APP. You're a juggernaut at these APPs. I mean, the last result that I remember from from you guys at an APP is an O and O finals <laughs> against Greg Dow. And God, it, poor Greg. That's what comes to mind. Like when I think of the juggernaut that is yeah. and Rob Nunnery, that's what comes to my mind. But you know, it's funny because you guys showed that you're right there with JW Dillon. And I mean, yeah. not a, there's the level gap. If there is one, it's not big. It really yeah. didn't seem that way at least. So um, I thought that was cool to watch. And I think you on the right is good. I mean, your transition is so good. I mean, you're using the Lux. Using the Lux, baby. Okay. So you're, you're not going to miss a ball transition with the Lux. I mean, even I'm I not going to miss, not going to miss a lot there. Yeah. Yeah. I'll get to the kitchen with the Lux sometimes. <laughs> of the time (laughs) yeah it's a soft battle and I think uh yeah I thought I thought you guys looked great and I think your forehand dinks good I thought you countered really well and it's not easy to counter when J-Dub's attacking especially out of the air so uh, yeah and I think I dude and honestly I think I still have like that's what I like about it it's kind of like a it it focuses me on like what I need to get good at where I can get a little overwhelmed sometimes and be a little too frenetic if I'm on the left. I think if I had, if, if I had maybe, you know, a bit more size and reach on the left, it would make more sense for me to kind of focus on that. But dude, I think the, the game is turning into where you need to be, you need to like wingspans, I think important um, on the left, l- less so than height. But like, if we're talking height, I think, you know, six foot minimum on the left, six, ideally like six, two, six, three, that kind of size on the left is, is kind of what you need to be looking for. Like when I'm on the, like, let's, let's talk about like challenger, for example, like I was the first pick in challenger, but I don't think I'm built to be that guy for challenger, just to be completely transparent and honest. Like, I'm not going to be a guy that's going to play the left and take over a, take over a game. 
I'm going to make a lot of balls. I'm going to find my spots, but I'm not going to be a guy to take a ton of court just purely because I'm going to get out of position if I try to do that on the left. Um, so I, it, I'm not, not built I'm like, I'm not built to, you know, play like that. So I think I'm more suited to be like, I've got good, mis I've got good mixed results. Um, like Susanna and I, right. Like I've won, won New York with her, got gold. And whenever we've played, we've either gotten silver or gold. So, um, I feel like if I have a partner that I, that I, you know, play with that I trust and mix that I'm, I'm solid. Um, obviously not my strongest event. I think men's is my strongest event. Did you get a bronze with Vivian Glosman? Yeah, we've got, actually I've got a silver and a bronze with Glos underhanded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but um, yeah, I guess, I guess rant and point being is that I think I'm best, like, let's talk, like if we're talking about MLP, I'm best looked at as probably like, like a number two, like a number two guy, let's say it's all, let's say there's no premier challenger. I think I'd be best suited as like a number two guy that would play the right, very strong left side player um, would be my partner. And then I would be like a good, good number two and mixed with a, with a solid, you know, call it bottom level premier player for women's. I think that's how I'm suited. I'm not suited to like take over stuff in challenger. It's just not, not my game. And it's a weird brand of pickleball too, because I think that if you're the top pick and challenger as a male, your level is so much higher probably than the girl that you're playing with. And that's just the truth. Yeah. It's just yeah. Not, yeah. It's, um, it's not, I don't want to call it not real pickleball, but it's just a weird way to it's chaotic dude. It's, it's very different. It's very different. It's not something you're going to experience at a real tournament because no, it's very true. Yeah. Like, I mean, for me, at least when I was, I remember, you know, a year and a half ago, I was having a tough time getting mixed partners, but I was actually good at mixed pretty early. I felt like it was, yeah. just, you know, mixed isn't really, it's just a, it's a different way to play. And I would play rec mixed with Anna or Georgia. And I had all these great groups in Boca. And then I would go play a tournament and the girl I'm playing with is just not experienced, especially a year and a half ago. Like those, you know, that 30 yeah. female mixed player just wasn't, they just weren't really ready to play. And it's just, yeah it's a free for all. And it's just a weird, like, you know, I would say how good you are at pickleball isn't necessarily correlated with how good you are at succeeding at whatever that is. Yeah. So, yeah. I think, um, and let me it's, ask it's an, it's an interesting nuance, dude, because, um, and it's something that always kind of frustrates me, right. Based on, based on looking at MLP results and stuff like that, because people are putting so much stock into it. And I'm like, Sure, I get it, but also look at like the 25 tournaments that were played this year, not just the two games to 21. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, Adam and I talk about it a lot. Like it's such a small sample size, but like it feels like a disproportionate amount of weight gets put into MLP results over your body of work over the year. I think so too. I think you've got to at least have like a year's worth of MLP results that are all consistent in some sort of way for you to say, okay, maybe that person's not an MLP player. Maybe they are. Like yeah. he comes to mind as a guy that's just consistently at MLP. He is really good. And yeah. maybe there's other players who I won't like that are better at PPAs that maybe have not had results consistently at MLP, but we kind of are prisoners of the moment, I think. And we forget that there are players who we, described as MLP players earlier in the year. Like, you know, yeah. 
I don't want to call anybody out, but then you look at the next season and they don't do well. It's like, okay, well, maybe they yeah. weren't players. Maybe they just got hot for a really short period of time. Yeah, so, totally. So let me ask you this before I let you go, because this is a question yeah. that is from Greg Dow. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. Don't worry. It's not about what you're afraid it might be about. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go on. We're talking about re the recouping <laughs> of this money that is – this absurd amount of money that's being paid. The money. Tell me about the money. What about the money? So there's a ton of ton of money being given out. And if they don't do this three male, three female format on these teams, yeah. which who knows if they will or they won't. I don't know anything. If they don't do that, what is Greg Dow going to – is Greg Dow going to be coaching in Iowa at a lifetime for 200? No, he's going he's gonna to be at a – He's going to be in Butte, Montana at a local park, <laughs> just growing the game grassroots organically because yeah, he doesn't, he's not on a team. Uh, no, it's a, it's, it's a good question though. That's how they um, recoup the money, right? Like that's. It just feels like there's a lot of, it, it, maybe it wouldn't be that tough if they're using lifetime to actually organize and structure all this, right? It's like, cause they're using most of the facilities. So it's yeah. Instead of Greg playing that weekend, Greg's, Greg's on the court with Betty and Sarah Lou and just teaching them how to hit third shot lobs or backhand counters while jumping backwards like he does. I mean, so I, yeah, I mean, that's, it's, it, what, what's more valuable, right? Is it more valuable having, I, I think Greg's an exception because I think we do need Greg and I think we need Greg in front of people, but I don't think his value comes in, in, in respect to coaching. I think Greg's more valuable dude, walking around the venue with a mic, talking to people like getting like behind the scenes content, um, doing some commentary on some side courts. Like if I think a lot of people are, would be suited to do coaching, but I think Greg Dow needs to be.